Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is week 14 of the NFL season. It's time to talk about our best bets from a spread or money line or totals perspective. Here to do that with me is Pat Fitzmorris. Find him on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Fitz, how are you today? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing all right. We have both locked our uh, dogs uh, in another room far away. Uh, that's one of our, our favorite things to do when we podcast together, which is fairly often, which is to make sure that the dogs cannot get in and, and ruin our entire podcast. Are you are you do you feel comfortable? We've got a good half hour, 45 minutes here where you can survive by locked far away. You mean sleeping next to me, right? Oh, Pretty no. Much so. All right. That's OK. I've got an emergency bone at the ready in case I need it. If he wakes up and, and wants to annoy me, uh, that would buy us enough time, I think, to finish the show. Very good. Well, I was lucky enough for my dog to right before we started recording, see the neighborhood Bobcat and uh, run downstairs barking up crazy. And then I just locked the door behind it. So we should be good here. But if you hear some scratching, that is uh, that is him trying to get in. Um, all right. Let's get into it, Pat. This is going to be a, a good show uh, for us as People will find out shortly because uh, I know you and I think very similarly on a lot of things, and it does look like we may be on the opposite side of a couple of things today. But uh, before we do, let's talk about a couple of housekeeping uh, items here. Uh, we, You can watch this uh, show if you want to see both of our smiling faces here on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bettingpros. And by the way, you can win a signed Saquon Barkley helmet just by doing that. That's all you got to do. Go there and then go to bettingpros.com helmet to give me your name and everything like that and to confirm that you subscribe to the channel. That's it. Easy peasy. Win a signed helmet. And also let me remind you about our latest offer from our sponsor, BetMGM. Anybody betting on an NFL game for new customers, bet $10, win $200 if the team you bet on scores a touchdown. That's it. That's with the code JUICE100. And again, that's for new customers. That's available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona, and Wyoming. All right, quick recap of last week. It was not a good week for this podcast, Pat. So, And it's been a little bit stagnant lately. Myself, our guests, frankly, it hasn't been, uh, you know, we haven't been blowing the doors off here. So Ian McMillan, who is having one of the great betting seasons of all time. He bets every single NFL game. He's up something like 25 units on the season, like he's doing great. He went 0 for 3. He missed on the Bears getting 8 from the Cardinals, the Raiders laying 2.5 to Washington, and the Ravens and the Steelers over 44. I went 1 and 2. I missed on the Vikings laying 7 to the Lions, which was not close. The second Adam Thielen got injured, I I realized, like, uh, this is not going to end well regardless. I also missed on the Bills laying 3 to the Patriots. Uh, The one I hit on was the Chargers getting 3 from the Bengals, which was my favorite of the weekend. That's 19 and 20 on the year. That's obnoxious after a good start. So, Pat, we have to get back on track here. I know, Pat, that we are not going to go 6-0 and on our six favorite uh, bets here, as you and I may have discussed before we started recording we can start there or we can start wherever you want give me a bet that you're looking at this weekend well dan and i'm surprised this was not one that we agreed on necessarily because i know all about your blind loyalty to the new york jets your (laughs) your willingness to overlook their myriad deficiencies Um, none of this is true whatsoever (laughs) but go ahead so i was kind of surprised you did not like them catching five and a half points at home against the Saints who have lost five straights 
and have Taysom Hill at quarterback, who, yeah, I mean, he was Harry Houdini with the, the rushing against the Cowboys, a fat lot of good it did them in that game in his last appearance. Um, I mean, he's just a terrible passer and has since, you know, now he's got this finger issue. So, like, what is that going to look like? I know the Jets' defense is bad, but I don't think Taysom Hill is capable of capitalizing on that. And the Jets have averaged 22.8 points a game since week eight. This is actually a functional offense. And like Elijah Moore has added a lot of spark here. Like I love the five and a half points. I mean, I'm, I'm going to lock in the say five and a half, but I'm probably going to put a little something on the money line too. Um, I mean, the Saints team is like, they're done. They know they're not playoff bound. So it's not like you are going to get the this spunky fighting for their life. Saints team like they know they're not going to make the playoffs why well all that why do you say five and seven I mean we're going to talk oh you know what Pat I I should have talked about the Vikings tonight I'm sorry you're right because I know we had talked about that earlier I'll tell you what we'll talk about that at the end of the show we'll talk about the game tonight because people will have probably seen that game already by the time they listen to this anyway but we're we talk about the Vikings at five and seven like they're still in the playoff you never know it's the seven spot man I mean the Saints are still there I guess, man, but five straight, Dan, with Taysom Hill at quarterback. I mean, they just, they don't have a quarterback who can win out. They need to win out, and uh, they're, they're just not going to do it with what they have on offense right now. All right. Well, uh, I will say this. I'll point a couple of things out just so you know. Um, this has nothing to do with why I'm not taking the Jets, but I will point out. Uh, Elijah Moore is battling the quad injury. Like, that popped up on the practice report, which, and it didn't sound like, Robert Sala didn't come out and was being like, this is nothing. It's maintenance. We're going to take it easy. It was something where he was like, yeah, we'll see about it. So I'm at least a little cautious there. Tevin Coleman also dealing with the concussion may not play. And I know it's Tevin Coleman. It's not like that makes a huge difference, but they are dealing with some injuries. Keelan Cole, by the way, just as we were sitting down to record, placed on the COVID-19 list. I don't know the details of that. Again, not that that matters that much, right? It's not like these guys are doing it. Pat, I just like... I can see a scenario with Alvin Kamara back in this game, which he's supposed to be, that I won't say a Patriots-esque game plan here, but they can just go out there and run the ball nonstop whatsoever. And if you have, let's say the one thing the Saints do really well on defense is stop the run. And if the Jets can't run the ball at all, and you're looking at it has to be Zach Wilson to put up points here with the inability to move the ball on the ground, that just makes me worried, man. I don't like the Saints. I'm not taking the Saints on the road, laying the weird dead number of five and a half. But it's a game that I looked at and I just went, ugh, this is a game I want to run away from. Uh, so that's really why that's where my hesitation comes from. Understandable. Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I agree that the Saints defense is pretty good. Um, and the, the running game could be an issue. Although I think even if Tevin Coleman isn't able to go, I think they would be able to squeeze enough out of uh, sure. Ty, Ty Johnson and uh, their, uh, who's the mysterious Austin Walter. Austin, Austin Walter. Walter. Yeah, Best runner ever. I forgot about his name. <laughs> um, yeah, so should, I mean, should we like the under here at 42 and a half too? I, 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 it was under consideration for me, Pat, for sure. Um, I, my, you know, if there were ever a defensive score I could see happening here. But yeah, I mean, look, why would you throw the ball if you're the Saints in this game? I mean, the Jets cannot stop the run. 
Uh, you have your best playmaker, obviously, on offense is Alvin Kamara. And you've got a quarterback who's got mallet finger. And by the way, doesn't even have the Deontay Harris, right? Like, let me have a slant and take it 70 yards to the house. It does strike me as the under is the right play. When it's a total that low, and I'm about to take an over-under also on the under, also with a total that's close to that low, but it gives me sort of concerns. But I do like the under better than the side in this one. You like the under as well if you had to go one way? Yeah, I like the under too, but I would take the side first. Okay. All right, I'm staying away from the side. And again, I want to make it clear. I'm not against you in this one. We'll get to one where I'm against you, Pat. But I'm not against you on this one. Um, And, you know, it's got to be, I've got to feel really strong if I'm going to back the Jets. And I certainly don't here. So, you know, uh, if, actually, I don't even have a, if I had to go one way, I would go this way. If I had to go one way, I would, you know, root for the asteroid and jump out the window and and do something else. Um, I'm going to start with the total, Pat, and then... I was thinking maybe I'll start with the game that I know we're on different sides. I'll start with the total, though, since we talked about a low total. I will give an equally low total here. The Panthers and the Falcons, Pat, and I'm going under 42 and a half. Carolina fired Joe Brady, and the stated reason was he doesn't run enough. Like, he is not running the ball enough. So I don't know what the over-under is on rush attempts here between Cam and Chuba Hubbard. And you want to get Amir Abdullah involved in there, but it's got to be like 35 or something like that. Like, they're just going to run the ball the entire time is what I guess, especially Pat, after we saw Cam, who's going to start in this game. I know he's not confirmed, but he's going to start go five for 21 in their most recent game. Like the passing game isn't really working. So I don't expect them to attempt too many passes. And again, a lot of running attempts that bleeds the clock. That's kind of what we're saying here with this Jets game. And the Falcons are bad defensively for sure. Oh, there's the dog. There he is. Don't worry about it. Pat, you're very concerned about the dog barking. I promise you, it's not a big deal. Whatever. I will not let my crazy man in. But anyway, uh, don't worry about it because I do know you are concerned about the dog barking. So don't worry about it whatsoever. Um, Anyway, so the Falcons are bad defensively, but they are worse against the pass than they are against the run. Like, that's just the way it is. And I think that's part of why they get, you know, beaten so badly. So I think with running it, like the scoring, I don't think that the Panthers will be able to just run down the field every single drive and score necessarily, especially without Christian McCaffrey. But I do think that they'll have long sustained drives and that'll bleed the clock a little bit. And on defense, the Panthers get a lot of pressure. That is bad for Matt Ryan. You've got probably Gilmore can just stick on Kyle Pitts and take him out of the game. Like pretty much every team has been doing of late. And then they focus everything else on just getting pressure on Matt Ryan and taking away Cordero Patterson. And then the Falcons are out of luck on offense. Ryan was not great against them in the first game. Now you're on the road in a second divisional game, which I feel like the teams know each other already at this point. That usually feels like it leads itself to uh, a little, you know, scoring lull here. Again, they're both five and seven. Like realistically, they're both out of the playoff hunt, but they're also still in the playoff hunt. Carolina needs a win and they're all in, right? I mean, they, they went for Gilmore, like they went for it this year, even if they shouldn't have. So they need the win here. I think the defense plays really well, holds Atlanta down. And I think with all the running that this is going to be like a really low scoring game here. It strikes me as like a, like a 2013 type of game here. So I will go the under, even though it's low here at 42 and a half. Yeah, I'm pr- probably going to piggyback you on that one. Um, we saw the first game, Carolina won 19-13 when they met right. earlier. Um, yep. We have not seen any appreciable improvements in either offense since then. I hate everything about the Falcons' offense except Cordero Patterson, pretty yep. much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have talked about this on our Sunday recap pod where we have seen instances where Matt Ryan drops to back to pass 
gets like four seconds of protection, scans the field, still cannot find yep. an open receiver, yep. and like eventually takes a sack. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like Cam is just like we've got some really bad passers playing quarterback in the NFL this week. I mean, yeah. some really non-functional passing games. And yeah. uh, I, I think we're looking at one with Carolina, too. So, as you said, it's probably going to be a 35-running, rushing attempt game for Carolina. That's going to speed up the game. This is one of those that could be over at, like, 2.55 uh, Central Time, I think. Yes, right. So, um, I'm, I'm with you here. I think this one plays under. I was kind of surprised to see it as high as it was. What game ends first, Pat? Saints, Jets, or Falcons, Panthers? Ah, uh, yeah, that's boy. That is going to be a sprint. Yeah. Two, two sprinters going at it like Usain Bolt trying to get <laughs> under the uh, the four p.m. Eastern wire. I, I want uh, I want our books to start uh, making that something we can bet on. Which game end, ends first between that would those be a two? There, fun right? weekly prop, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Look, we'll start our own sports book. We'll get that going. Uh, all right. So that's my first pick. Go for number two. Whatever you want. What do you got? Since we're on the unders, Dan, how about uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee, under 43 and a half? Um, I mean, Jacksonville has scored 10.7 points a game in their last six. Just a, a completely dysfunctional passing game. We know that. And now the running game, you know, Urban Meyer choosing to punish uh, James Robinson for, you know, a fumble where he's slammed to the ground by Aaron Donald and then like, Carlos Hyde loses a much worse fumble. I think it was like four series or three series after that fumble that James Robinson didn't play and and Hyde has a softer fumble and then plays the very next series. But never mind that. So we know the Jacksonville offense is going to struggle to put up like even 17 points. And the Tennessee offense, since Derrick Henry got hurt, they had that surprisingly good performance against the Rams where they won 28 to 16, Uh, then 23 to 21 against the Saints. But since then, uh, they lost, what, 22-13 to 13 to Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week, 36, or two weeks ago, 36-13 to New England. You know, tougher matchup. But we still don't know if Julio Jones is going to play. And this is a barely functional passing game, even if he does play, I think. We've got the amalgam of running backs they have. Like, it's... It's not an offense to be feared. I'm not too worried about like the Titan Titans putting up 30 in this game to push it over single-handedly. So, I mean, I think you get a real good percentage play with the under here. Not saying it's foolproof, but, you know, I I feel like you're 70% this play is under. Oh, certainly none of the bets that anybody gives out is foolproof, but yes, I agree with you here because I do think that certainly the Titans offense since all the injuries uh, has been pretty stagnant and understandably so. It's never been an explosive offense. You've just had the best running back, you know, playing in the game right now, dominating and that allowing, you know, Ryan Tannehill to be the most efficient quarterback in the NFL. So with this, even if Julio Jones plays, like this is not a Titans team that is going to basically go out there and put up a million points unless they get some sort of defensive score because that's just not what they want to do, especially in a game that they are favored to win by eight and a half or nine depending on the book, that they don't need to push it. They don't need to take chances. And you mentioned, you know, the game against the Rams. There's a defensive score there. Like their points come from defense, right? It's not like their offense has ever lit it up since they've had all the injuries. And Julio Jones, like if he plays, if he doesn't play, I love Julio Jones, Pat, but it's not like A.J. Brown is in there. And even when he was, it's not like they were really doing all that much anyway. So 
I am with you here. I think both teams struggled to score. So, man, unders, huh? That's what we're doing in this game, in this uh, podcast right now, huh? Can, can well, I make one other yeah. note about this game? Just that uh, Tennessee's run defense is really good. And, and mm-hmm. like, if you're forcing Jacksonville to be one-dimensional and lean on the pass, right? boy, I mean, that's going to damage their chances. And, uh, you know, the Jacksonville defense is not a complete pushover either. Correct. That was actually the next point I wanted to make, which is I think we think of the Jacksonville because I think sometimes you think of teams being terrible and you assume that every part of the team is terrible and the overall defense for Jacksonville is not. And so that's going to probably lend itself to a game that's going to be relatively low scoring. So I, I really hadn't even thought about this one very much, Pat, until you brought it up, but I do like it now. I'll try the on it. But let look, I have two picks left, Okay. One of them I feel a little less confident in, and I've sort of been debating when I was thinking about the third pick. One of them I like a lot, and it is the one, Pat, which we are on opposite sides. So we talked about, I kept waiting for you to bring it up. You were waiting for me to bring it up. I'll start then. And it is the 49ers that are visiting the Bengals. And right now, the 49ers are laying a point. When I looked at it with Joe, and I said I loved it then, it was the 49ers getting a point. So there's probably been a little money. Not that it doesn't matter to me, like giving a point, getting a point really doesn't matter if you cross zero at that point. But I do like the 49ers. You'll be on the other side for one of your picks. And we talked about that, whether or not that made sense. And I said, you and I are known to agree on many things. Let's disagree. I'll make my case first, Pat. If that's good with you. And then you can counter. Good? Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. So this is the one I really do like right now. And I know there are some people out there who uh, like to fade me, which is great. And in this case, you've got an extra reason because you've got Pat going on the other side. So um, I continue to fade the Bengals, Pat, generally as a team. I think they've been overrated. That does not always work out. It does sometimes, like last week with the Chargers, certainly. The 49ers are a better team. Crude, you know, Not a crude metric, but the, the most basic metric, again, is just total DVOA. The 49ers are seventh. The Bengals are 19th. The 49ers are a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. I have no doubt in that. You look at weighted DVOA, that's more recent games. The 49ers are actually fifth and the Bengals are 20th. Um, since the 49ers basically stopped with the, they haven't had the opportunity really with because of Trey Lance's injury, but since they stopped the gimmicky stuff with giving Trey Lance and splitting both and Kyle Shanahan came out and talked about how that wasn't really working for them. The offense has just been a lot better. They've got a really good offensive line. They've got an incredible blocking tight end in George Kittle. Their EPA uh, offensively, the 49ers are ninth and the Bengals are 20th and EPA per play since week 10, the 49ers are fourth. So they're really rolling here offensively. Both teams have injuries here, Pat, like we can't discount that on either side, but I actually think that the Bengals injuries are more significant right now than the 49ers. And that is one of the reasons why I lean this way. So Devo Samuel, Pat, I'm, I'm thinking, honestly, he might, and there's optimism from Kyle Shannon. I'm expecting Debo to not play in this game. I would love it if Elijah Mitchell is able to suit up. I will be fine with this, even if Elijah Mitchell does not suit up, whether or not it's Jermichael Hasty or Jeff Wilson's able to come back. We know Emmanuel Mosley is already out in that secondary. Fred Warner, though, is back and practicing in full. That's big. But the injuries for the Bengals, Pat, the finger injury for Burrow, and really that's kind of like the critical point for me. Like that was an ugly injury. He did not look good throwing the ball after that. We have seen what these finger injuries do. I know it's the pinky, so it's a little different than Wilson, but we've seen what these finger injuries do. It's not as if like he's out there in practice, like I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. He's like, I can play through it and stuff like that. So I think that is going to affect the way the Bengals are offensively, not to mention T. Higgins dealing with an ankle injury, which happened at the very end of that game. I didn't really realize it, but he hasn't practiced yet. 
And defensively, too, Pat, for the Bengals, uh, you know, Awuzie, he might be out in this game. That's a big loss for them. He might play, but we already know Logan Wilson is out. That's a big loss. They are coming east, Pat, and I know I'd never love uh, West Coast teams coming east, but the 425 game makes it a little more palatable to me because it doesn't mess with their internal clocks. I think the 49ers win this game, Pat, and, you know, the injury, especially to Burrow, makes me feel even better about it. That is my case. That is why one of my picks is San Francisco giving one now to the Bengals in Cincinnati. Yeah, so initially this started as uh, San Francisco with a one-point Correct. They were, one they were getting favorite. a point. Correct. And, they were getting a point. Now they're a one point favorite. Yeah. So, um, wait, I'm sorry. Who was initially the favorite? The Bengals were initially the favorite. It is okay, now so moved now to San Francisco oh, being so the, the favorite. did pour in on San Francisco. I assume. So, and I really, I, I have to believe, um, Pat, that that's, that's injury related. I, I have to believe it because I think Burroughs comments, not that they, they, he's going to play. Burrow's a tough guy. We've seen it. He's going to play. But I think his comments have been less than like, oh, man, I'm good. Let's go. I, I feel great. It's more like I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to manage it. I'm going to play through it. And I'm like, oh, I, I, my guess is that's why the money came in. But again, to me, Pat, it doesn't really matter. One on, on either side crossing zero doesn't matter that much to me. But go ahead. Sorry. No, he has said that it hurts like hell. And yeah. we saw him like those those practice throws on the sideline where he was just like in excruciating pain. So, um, yeah, that is admittedly that is a big wild card that I maybe am not accounting for enough. You know, we've seen this de- this uh, Bengals team drill some of their divisional rivals and, and not bad teams either. Um, but they have been schizophrenic, yes. That game against the Chargers last week, um, a really tough loss for them, but they fought pretty hard to stay in a game that was looking like it was going to be a blowout. I just think this is a good enough team to do something about a bad home loss and bounce back against a team coming east, yes, the West Coast, uh, coming into the Eastern time thing. I'd feel much stronger about that, of course, if it was an early start. Although that old betting axiom has not exactly, uh, you know, been a hundred percent by any means this year, but um, you know, I do like the good team coming off a bad loss. Uh, that that's kind of one thing I'm leaning on here, and I I don't think the Bengals are going to lose two straight at home to West Coast teams. So, um, and I I think they've got the better quarterback here, Dan. Like I I mean it, even a if Burrow is completely incapacitated and we see him sailing throws, like I'll, I'll pay my money and know that I made the wrong bet. But, right. you know, Jimmy makes like two or three just like bad mistakes every game. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback, but like he's going to give you some turnover opportunities like every game. It happens every game. And I feel like if the, the Bengals can capitalize on that, get a turnover to... I really like their chances here. So I think the only thing I'll say is the good team coming off a bad loss goes both ways, right? Because the 49ers, right, coming off that loss. I mean, Pat, honestly, neutral field, everyone healthy. Who's the better team, do you think, in your mind, 49ers or the Bengals? I mean, to me, it's still really close, Dan. Like, I I have a greater belief in this Bengals team, maybe, than I should. But um, 
You know, I, like I, there was a point early in the season where I thought they could be a legitimate AFC championship contender. I'm not sure if I still believe that now. Like they've there have been some some leaks exposed, I think, but I still think it's a pretty good team. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I and there's you know. For me, it's been personally something where I have just been avoiding them. Um, and again, it has not always worked out. I've faded them and they have romped at times. Um, but I do think that especially with the injuries, I liked it before, Pat. I love it really now. Like even if Burrow's like, I'm good and he looks going to warm up. I mean, you know, he takes a hit or something on the hand a little bit, like just makes me too worried with it. But this is good. I think it's good that we're on different sides and I know we'll have six bets, but it'll be different. And well, the one thing I will say to our audience, by the way, is because Pat and I talk all the time, obviously, um, we feel uh, when we get a pick wrong, like we were texting Pat on Thanksgiving because you were on before Thanksgiving and you had the total for the Dallas uh, Las Vegas game wrong and you were upset and you thought you had gotten the Detroit uh, Chicago game wrong because you would bet the money line yourself on a personal play, but you had actually taken Detroit with the spread. But I remember how bad you felt about it um and i always feel the same way too i hope everybody understands that like when we give out picks like we want you guys to be able to be profitable so it's things so one of us pat is going to feel really good at you know right before we do our fantasy show on the recap one of us is going to be in a bad mood so uh oh yeah I, there's not going to be any trash no. talking about that whatsoever no. Dave. we'll be and, fine um, can I add one more thing about that game? Just one last uh, point I forgot to make. I mean, with the unit versus unit matchups, one I forgot to pinpoint was just the Bengals receivers against this 49ers secondary. Like yeah. If the 49ers have a glaring Achilles yeah. heel, it is their secondary. And just, you know, that they don't have very many capable cornerbacks. And, you know, if we get a healthy enough T. Higgins – the Bengals can deploy three very good wide receivers against a, a pretty terrible group of cornerbacks. Uh, but, you know, again, that all comes back to Burrow's ability to deliver tight throws and, and you know, overcome that finger injury. So, yes. um, yeah, that is the, the Burrow finger could definitely torpedo this one for me and, you know, have you uh, grinning ear to ear on Sunday night, Dan. It's very rare, Pat, that I'm a happy man on Sunday night, but let's hope for this time. And I, I certainly will not rub it in as I hope you don't if you are correct as well. My last pick, Pat, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. And I've kind of agonized at it because this is one, Pat, where I had an initial instinct when I saw the line and I talked about it on Monday. And then as I dug into it, I didn't feel quite as great about it, but I don't love that many games this week. So I'm going to stick with my initial instinct here and I am going to take the Ravens visiting Cleveland and right now getting two and a half. But the one thing I will say is there is there are threes out there. And my book at DraftKings, for example, is at a three. So I would not bet this right now if you are a Ravens backer like I am. And if the and if the consensus moves to three, that's going to be my official play. And if it moves down, that'll be my official play wherever it closes closer on Saturday night. Because I do think that this might get to three here because I think there are a lot of things that favor Cleveland like they're off uh, a buy. The Ravens are absolutely decimated by injury, of course. I mean, that's that's why Harbaugh said that they went for two because they didn't have anybody who could stop uh, the pass anymore. They are coming off of a brutal game here. Lamar Jackson has not looked good. And I don't I don't ever remember this, Pat. I don't remember that often where you get a team that plays an opposing team, then gets a buy, then plays that same team like we've got here with Cleveland, where it's basically you've had three weeks to dedicate yourself to Baltimore 
that's tough um, for Baltimore, for sure, because this is all they've had in their head. Um, but I just have no faith in Cleveland right now. And I think Baker Mayfield, this a, a week off does not cure Baker Mayfield, right? Like Mayfield, you see him every game, Pat. He looks like he's about to just basically walk off. And the injuries to the Ravens, especially in their cornerback, we lost Marlon Humphrey. That's not that big a deal necessarily with a team like Cleveland, who doesn't really have that wide receiver that threatens you right now, right? I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jarvis Landry isn't the guy who's going to, you know, go deep. He'll get his catches like he did in the first game, but still not a guy who really threatens you. They want to run the ball. That's all they really want to do. That's the Ravens' strength. They're fifth in defensive DVOA against the run. The Ravens are well-coached, as we know. I think Harbaugh will be able to sort of get them through. They sort of match up well in what they do. Like the Ravens' red zone uh, defense is really good. Cleveland's red zone offense kind of stinks. And I know that uh, the offense has really uh, been struggling badly. And Lamar Jackson doesn't look good, but I, I'm hoping this is a little bit of the illness that he's been dealing with. And as he gets further apart away from that, he'll look back closer to what he looked like earlier in the season. And Cleveland plays a lot of zone that usually you know, plays into what Lamar's strengths are. So again, it's a divisional game. Uh, it's, it's usually close, especially with the second one. They just played a game where Lamar Jackson threw four picks and the Ravens still won the game. Like, I don't know, man. I think the Ravens are coming out of here with a win that they need, despite how banged up they are. I think they're just a better team, but I am interested to hear your thoughts because it is one where I've debated kind of all week. Yeah, this is one I'm probably not going to be touching. And uh, we've talked about my strange pool Correct. where I have to bet yes. the Ravens in every single week uh, and, and play it out as a league. I'm, I'm on a two-game winning streak to get back to six and six. All right. Um, I tentatively have taken the Browns in this just because and the, the angle that I hooked onto was the, the weird scheduling quirk that the Browns have just stewed yeah. on this game during their bye week and, and, you know, had all this extra time to watch film. And, you know, it's a pretty competent coaching staff, I think, on the Cleveland side. So you mentioned the Marlon Humphrey injury again. I think this is like one of the few teams that's not going to be able to really capitalize on that very much. Right. Uh, just not a strong group of receivers, not a good quarterback. Um, yeah, Ravens under 20 points in three straights. The Browns, 30 total points in their last three. This just could be an absolute rock fight. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I think the reason I'm going to be laying off in a game that, you know, could be this low scoring and, and weird, like I just think some sort of weird play, a, a turnover, a fumble return for a touchdown could like totally swing it as a special teams play. Um you know, I just like I, I'm not going to feel good about whichever side I take in this one. So I'm kind of just staying away. Maybe we should have made this uh, another underplay for us here at 43, given the offensive struggles. Right. Maybe Did we you could see go 40. I saw 44 on DraftKings this morning. All right. Hold on. I'm checking it out. Uh, no, DraftKings down to 43. It is down to 43. As okay. is uh, our pretty much every book. Actually, there's a lot of 42s and there's 42 and a halfs out there. So if you want the under. Go now, I guess. Get it. I can understand why it's dropping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody listens to you, Pat. So that's right. Yeah, it's going to continue to drop. I don't hate the under in that one, too, but I just don't know how many unders I can uh, stomach in one week of football. So, all right. So that's going to be our six plays. And, you know, it's technically five because it really depends on which way you want to go here on that Bengals 49ers game. Uh, But, Pat, you are taking the uh, Jaguars and the Titans under 43 and a half. The Jets getting five and a half from the Saints and the Bengals getting one from the 49ers. I'm on the other side of that one. I'm getting the 49ers laying one point to the Bengals. 
the Panthers and the Falcons under 42 and a half and the Ravens getting two and a half from the Browns. Let's quickly run through the remaining spreads, Pat, if that works for you. Yes, sir. Start with tonight. Everybody's going to know already. So you're either going to have a ton of credibility or everybody's going to be like, I'm fading whatever that dude is doing. It's now the consensus line, Pat, other than our book at DraftKings, which is still at three. The consensus line is now three and a half here with the Vikings uh, laying three and a half points in this game. I'm not sure which I like more, getting that that hook on the field goal or getting even money to get points with the Steelers against Kirk Cousins in a primetime game. I've already read the script for how this game turns out, Dan. Kirk Cousins doesn't play well and uh, the Vikings lose. So um, <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like Kirk, he's played so consistently poorly in primetime games. And, yeah. and like it is in the point at the point where I think that is a thing. You just wonder if as many tight games as the Vikings have played, like if they didn't hit the tipping point with the loss to Detroit, if they yeah. aren't just ready to pack it in, um, you know, in a game where some of the coaching was just, you know, I know f- my friends up in Minnesota were totally up in arms over uh, just some of the play calling last week. Um, so, and, and we've talked about the Steelers in desperation mode, how that is normally a pretty good time to get them. Yes, they did sort of stave off um, elimination last week. You know, maybe that was their desperation mode game. Can they have two of the desperation mode games in a row? Um, but this one is a big one for them. Like, they need this one too. Uh, and I, I, you know, kind of like them getting the points here against uh, just – you know, squirrely Minnesota team with the, the Cousins factor and Cousins without his Adam Thielen security blanket. Too. Yeah, that's a it's big, a big deal. Thing. It's a big Definitely. thing. Now, Dalvin Cook may play, apparently, as we were talking about earlier, which is surprising to me. But I can't imagine he's going to be at 100 percent if he does go at this point. I, yeah, right? that doesn't really move the needle for you, does it? No, not at all. Because I, I, Alexander Madison's a perfectly capable back anyway, and I wouldn't expect Dalvin Cook to be at full strength regardless of if he plays. Um, I, I have not, I full disclosure, like I have not bet a side on this. I do have a prop bet on KJ Osborne over 41 and a half receiving yards. But I think the loss of Thielen is big. Obviously, 10 of his 25 touchdowns there. I mean, Cousins played well this year. 25 touchdowns, three picks. Like, I actually didn't even fully realize that until I was looking up that set. I was like, wow, that's fascinating. Um, But we've seen the script, and this is the, the normal spot where you would back the Steelers, which is the road underdog in a game they need to win with their backs against the wall. Mike Tomlin gets them up for those games, man. But it's probably something I'll stay away from. But are you on officially the Steelers getting? It's not going to be one of your bets, Pat. Don't worry. You're not you're not laying it out. But, but Steelers getting three and a half from the Vikings. Are you betting that? I have put my own hard earned money on it already, Dan. And isn't it right. fun to know that right now listeners are laughing at us because Kirk Cousins threw for 300 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook ran for 150 and another touchdown. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're everyone's just calling us idiots right now. So. Yeah, that's fine. They do that. They do that for me anyway. So we're all good. Uh, how about the Raiders visiting the Chiefs? This is one that I kind of like when I first looked at it, Pat, on Monday. Uh, the Chiefs are laying nine and a half at home. What do you think? Generally, I've been disappointed when taking the Chiefs laying a lot of points. Um, I'm starting to feel a little better about it, not necessarily the offense, but their defense has very quietly held five straight opponents to 17 or fewer points. Like the Chiefs defense is, uh, you know, after being a laughing stock the first five or six weeks of the season, totally turned things around. The offense hasn't turned things around. I mean, they look 
terrible again against Denver last week. But um, yeah, I I don't know. Las Vegas has scored 16 points or fewer in four of their last five. The, the one exception being that 36 point outburst against Dallas on on Thanksgiving. And I just don't think they're going to be able to put up enough points against the Chiefs. And you figure the Chiefs have, have got to break out at home one of these times. It, it just seems like uh, they're kind of due for the explosion. They beat the Raiders 41-14 the last time they played in Vegas. Um, so I kind of do like the Chiefs here laying the big points. For me, I look more towards the total at this one, and I kind of feel like I liked it when it opened, I think it was 49 or 49 and a half. It's down to 48 um, because I do think that the Chiefs have not gone crazy on offense of late. Their defense is, as you said, playing exceptionally well. The Raiders are not putting up a ton of points. This strikes me as a game the Chiefs probably win pretty easily is my guess, although I'm not sure I'm willing to lay the nine and a half. But it strikes me as a game that's, again, something that, that is not a shootout or anything like that. And I think it, it leans towards the under at 48. I don't love it as much. I did it 49 and a half, but I did take it there. Uh, so, you know, it's probably mostly a stay away from me at this point, but if anything, I lean the under Titans. We talked about the total Pat, but what about the spread eight and a half now it was higher when it opened here, but it's eight and a half now as we sit here. We'll not touch this one. I just don't feel good enough about the Titans covering a big spread. Um, yeah, they're just uh, they just haven't been quite good enough lately. I mean, if you forced me to play this one, I'd probably uh, give the Jaguars the points and, and take the Titans. But yeah, I'm just laying off. Completely agree. If I had to go one way, I'd probably go the Jaguars, but I don't want to touch it whatsoever. Nor do I want to really go near the Seahawks laying eight and a half to the Texans. I will say this, Pat, and maybe this was dumb. When they were seven and a half at open, I teased them down. I included them in a teaser and I teased them down to one and a half because I do think they're going to win this game in a game where, again, we talk about all these teams are still in the playoff hunt. You know, at four and eight, they go to five and eight. Who knows? Uh, You know, the Texans barely put up a fight anymore. I don't feel confident that they'll cover the eight and a half point spread, but I think they'll win. So I did tease them down when it was seven and a half to one and a half. But that's about the only lean I have on this game. Yeah, I mean, the... uh... The Seattle defense is not the joke that I thought it might be this season. They've actually been decent at times. And, uh, you know, I don't think the loss of Jamal Adams really hurts that much. So um, I I tend to feel the same way. Like their past defense has been capable enough that I'm not too worried about Davis Mills having any sort of uprising against them. Uh, You know, I do think they're going to win, but I I just hate that spread. Too much. I hate it. Yeah, Yeah. you can't take the Seattle and lay more than a touchdown. It's just... Never can. How about the, we talked about the total Panthers at home. They're laying the two and a half here to the Falcons. Now it's juiced towards the Panthers. It's minus 118. It's it's even at two and a half here for the Falcons. If you take them getting the points. So what do you think? Yeah, kind of another game I hate and uh, don't, don't like taking a side on this. I just don't know what to expect out of Cam Newton. This yeah. game is, is the main problem. Like yeah. If I was confident enough that he was going to, you know, be able to generate offense purely with his legs. Um, I mean, he was just so bad passing the last time we saw him. Like, it just scares me off the Panthers. Another game where if forced to, I would probably take Carolina, but I just don't really feel good about either side here. 
Yeah, ditto. I, I would definitely take Carolina if I'm forced to go one way or another. Because, again, I do see them just saying, like, all right, we're just going to run the ball nonstop. We're not going to allow Cam to hurt us and their defense being able to hold down the Falcons. So I lean the Panthers at under a field goal, but it, I'm not putting my money on Cam Newton in that sense, other than I'm putting my money on Cam Newton to not be able to put up a ton of points. That's where I'm going with that. The Washington football team is getting now four and a half. It was four at open. It's still four at a couple of books, including at BetMGM. DraftKings for us, Pat, is at four and a half here. Washington hosting Dallas. So everything about this game wants, uh, like, I almost wanted to put Washington as a best bet. Mm -hmm. Almost. Mm -hmm. Um, They've rattled off four straight wins. One of them was against the Buccaneers, like the, the number one DVOA team. Uh, at Carolina, at Las Vegas, so a couple of decent road wins, beat Seattle. This team's playing really well. But here's the thing that kind of worries me, Dan. Like, I know Montez Sweat, by the metrics, like hasn't been having the, the best of seasons. They've already lost Chase Young, one of their primary edge rush. Well, you know, they've got the two bookend edge rushes, Chase Young and Montez Sweat together. That's a pretty good duo they lost one now they've got neither i mean this it reminds me of uh monty python and the holy grail <laughs> you know when uh king arthur meets the black knight and sure. he wants to cross cross the bridge and they have the yeah. sword fight like he cuts off one of the black knights flesh yeah the black knight just keeps fighting with yeah. the, the sword hand yeah. you know but now they've cut off the other arm montez sweat is the second arm yep uh and if you can't get a pass rush like i know the the Washington has been very good at generating pressure from the inside, but without any pressure from the outside. And and this Dallas team, Dak Prescott, and these receivers being able to to pick away at a very vulnerable football team secondary, like I, I just don't feel good enough about Washington's ability to play decent enough defense to cover this spread. So I'm, I'm laying off it. I mean, I, I really want to take the football team here, Dan, but I just can't. I'm in total agreement with basically everything that you said, uh, which is, I look at this. I think Joe liked the Cowboys when we looked at it early. Everything says to me that Washington keeps this game close. They're playing really well. But at some point, at some point, like they're just not going to be able to lose Chase Young and sweat and continue to basically put up these defensive performances. I don't know how their defense has been playing so well. So it's a stay. Away. I'm still not taking Dallas like you, right? Uh, it's just a stay away for me at this point. It, is this one of the rare overs we might look at, Dan? What? I mean, it's, I, yeah, do you have the total? 48. So, I mean, I love that Washington has found this new offensive identity with yeah. Antonio Gibson coming back to life. And, uh, you know, that making Taylor Heineke potentially more effective. And now they've yeah. got Curtis Samuel back. He's been playing limited snaps, but it's another dangerous weapon who can rip off a, a chunk play, possibly if they get the ball in his hand. So I kind of like the over here at 48. Yeah, I'm staying away from that. I, I Your points make sense, but I Washington seems like a team that is committed to taking two minutes to get every first down and getting, you know, six first downs every drive in these, like, we're going to gain 12 yards every single, like, like that's just what we're going to do and just we're going to keep it going. So I, I don't lean under, but I'm not willing to go for my first over of the week bet with that one. But you you take it. You be brave for me. Broncos are at home link 10 to the Lions. I feel like this might have been eight and a half earlier in the week if memory serves. 
And I kind of like the Broncos there. I don't want to fade the Lions again. Um, but it's certainly if there's a letdown spot for a one ten and one team, this would be it. And the Broncos fighting for their lives at home. But at 10, it just it seems a little too rich for me to go either way. Yeah. Um Teddy Bridgewater has just looked so shaky lately. Um, even though there's some maybe get right spots for him in this matchup. Like I know Detroit's had all sorts of trouble with slot receivers. And I think Jerry Judy could feast in this matchup. Um, If Javante Williams gets more work, I mean, we saw what he did to Kansas city and, you know, against Detroit that's had a lot of problems with running backs. And yes, maybe Detroit is fat and happy, Dan, after that first loss, they're one 10 and one now, Uh, you know, who could blame them for being fat and happy, but, (laughs) 10 points for, for this Denver team is just too much. There's just not been enough Denver offense for us to feel good about that. I agree with you. Chargers are at home laying 10 against the Giants. Sounds like Mike Lennon. There's optimism about Mike Lennon being able to clear concussion protocol. Not sure that really matters to you, Pat, but 10 points here with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm is right. really a, a drop-off there. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was one I actually considered as a best bet for the Chargers, and I might have done it if not for the COVID status of their wide receivers. And maybe it won't matter because Jalen Guyton and uh, Josh Palmer are, are decent backup options, I guess. And, and you know, they've got a trio of tight ends. And, uh, and it's possible Austin. Williams plays, though. It, I mean, it, it's yeah. Has, has Allen been rolled out? He actually officially? hasn't. He actually hasn't. But I think he tested positive. And I think it's almost not impossible entirely given the protocols. But I don't think anybody who has tested positive on the day that he tested positive has been able to make it back for that week's game yet. So he hasn't been ruled out. But Williams is just a close contact. And so if he does test positive before game, he can be cleared and play for sure. Yeah. So, um, I think this Giants offense is just an absolute toxic waste stump uh, with the quarterback situation, with the just awful offensive line. Um, you know, I, I don't think Saquon Barkley can create an offense out of thin air by himself. Uh, the myriad injury problems at wide receiver, you know, and, and the Chargers have just been like, this has been a pretty tough team. There have been some slips, but. Overall, like this is a, a really good team, and I think Herbert can create offense even if he doesn't have his two receivers. The, the one thing that gives me pause here, Dan, is that the, the Giants' defense doesn't suck. Right. Like I, they might be able to turn this into like a, a 17 to 10 game. That's, yeah. that's the one concern I have, but I'm still probably going to take the Chargers for a you know one-unit bet at minus 10. How about the Bucks taking on the Bills here? It was at three for a lot of the week. It's now three and a half in the consensus. I'm scared of this one, Dan. I like I I don't I could talk myself into over under Bucks Bills. Um, like, give me an angle I can sink my teeth into. I don't know what to make of this one. I'll be totally honest. Told stay away from me. Absolutely. Like, if I'm forced to choose. I think with the hook, I might take the Bills um, just because, you know, they're desperate, you know, and they were poorly coached in that game against the Patriots. Like they they kept trying to run the ball for whatever reason. They should have stopped because Allen could kind of throw it through the wind and they looked much better when they threw. Um, so they're probably a little desperate and a little mad. So 
If I had to go somewhere, I'd take the hook with the Bills, but I am running away from it, Pat. Yeah, it's it's a fun, sexy game. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing I could maybe talk myself into, I think, is the under here, mm-hmm. 53 and a half, just because yeah. you mentioned it, the, the Bills, I mean, they're a finesse team. They can't run the ball. They're not going to be able to run the ball against Tampa effectively. Correct. So they're going to be one-dimensional. And Brady has kind of quietly been not that great lately. Sure. Seven, seven interceptions in his last five games. And over his last four games collectively, he's averaging under seven point yards per pass attempt. I mean, we've talked about this on our Sunday night show. Very often he is settling for the checkdowns and not really hunting downfield or, or, you know, the quick hitters to Godwin, like the the quick bubble screens or the quick slants over the middle or many, many, many dump offs to Leonard Fournette. So it's not like this is a quick strike, beat you 30 yards at a time offense. This is kind of a, you know, like ball control passing game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, So 53 and a half seems a little tall to me. You don't have to talk me into an under too hard there, Pat. But I do think, actually, I logged this in our app, which, again, you can do if you have the Betting Pros app, even if you're not a you know somebody who does this for a living or anything like that. You can log your picks, see where you stack up on a leaderboard with other users. How about your Packers, Pat, taking on the Bears? This is stuck at 12 and a half, pretty much, generally speaking, since it opened. Kind of a weird line. What do you think? It's it's uh, tilted towards the Bears, I think, at 12 and a half, though, right? It's, I've got it at uh, minus 110 pretty evenly for us, El Pat. Okay. You're looking at DraftKings, right? At DraftKings, yes. minus 120 at, at 12 and a half, where the Packers are even at minus 12 and a half. Everywhere else I see, Pat, it's 110 on both sides. It's just DraftKings. Yeah, the Packers have not had that game. They seem to have one game a year, and it often happens against a divisional rival uh, and a lesser divisional rival. Like the Normally, it's the Lions. Normally, right. they sleepwalk through their home game against the Lions. They didn't do that this year. Maybe it's the Bears where they have that one game a year where they just sleepwalk through a game at home. But, um, man, it's hard to back the Bears here with any confidence. With Justin Fields coming off the injury, maybe the Packers get Jair Alexander back, adding to a pass defense that has already, within the last six weeks, shut down Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, yeah, I mean, 12 and a half points is a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that. And I'm just, I'm going to lay off here, Dan. I'm staying far away. Also, we'll be podcasting during it, Pat. So you won't even be able to get to uh, to enjoy it for for your own team there. Um, yeah, I, it's just a weird number. And I don't really know how I feel. I, You know, Justin Fields will be starting. Okay. I guess Allen Robinson will be back. Okay. But I could see the Packers winning this game by 24 points. Or I could see them just sort of like, kind of have a general malaise is there like you know probably don't need to do too much to win this game and not pushing it or anything like that last one pat rams visiting the cardinals monday night football it's two right now the cardinals laying two was two and a half earlier there's still some two and a halfs out there any feelings on this one yeah i'm kind of leaning towards the cardinals here um laying the points i mean last time they played in week four the rams were on top of the world and uh they kind of got drilled 37-20. And I think we've only had more questions about the Rams develop since then. And a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they they did beat Jacksonville 33-7 last week. But before that, they gave up 36 to Green Bay, 31 to the 49ers, 28 to the Titans, 22 to the Texans, 
and 19 to the Lions. So they have not been playing good defense. Like this is not the shutdown Rams defense a lot of people think. I don't know. A lot of people seem to think based on the recent results, the recent seasons, that this is still like a really good defense. But all the metrics say the Rams have been utterly average defensively this year. So I think the Cardinals are going to be able to score on this one. I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to score that much on the Cardinals with some of their offensive struggles. I I like the Cardinals here. I do too. Uh, If I have to go one way, I would take the Cardinals. I, you know, haven't been all in on the Cardinals um, this whole year. I've kind of been waiting for the shoe to drop. But, you know, with Murray healthy right now, they are just a better team than the Rams, um, who are struggling, as you mentioned, defensively and offensively. I mean, Matthew Stafford, you know, has he has his games. But, you know, without Robert Woods, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr., as much as he stepped in, has been banged up, of course. So I agree with you here. I do like also, I don't have current injury information, but I know that uh, their very good starting center, Brian Allen, got hurt last week early on, and their left guard, David Edwards, University of Wisconsin, shout out, uh, both injured last week. I, I don't know what their status is, and if those two don't play, protection is going to be an issue for Stafford. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on them either, but uh, obviously we'll need to monitor that as the week goes on. All right, Pat. We've done it. We've gone through everything. Everybody has our picks already from earlier. And again, we will see about that 49ers Bengals game. We'll see how that one turns out. And uh, maybe uh, it'll it'll, uh, you know, push at at one and we can both sort of, you know, tip our tip our hats and, uh, you know, not be too, uh, too upset there on Sunday night. But And the dog stayed quiet, Dan. Uh, the the chloroform worked perfectly. Uh, I don't want to get the PETA people mad at me. Just forget I said that. That was a joke. Um, he's uh, earned an extra bone, Pat. My dog, I'm sure, is downstairs staring at the neighborhood bobcat, really ready to go out. And if he ever ran out there and saw the bobcat, he would then turn over and like show his belly or something because he's a wimp. But anyway, uh, thank you for popping on. Everybody enjoy your NFL Sunday. We'll be back again on Monday talking about an early look at the week 15 lines. Crazy that we're here already. An early look then. Uh, on Monday or Tuesday, depending on when we get it out. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again then. 